think about it guys if you're focused on her orgasm the entire time then you're not really present you're not really there and it shows and she feels it and it's not as fun and it's not as sexy and she can't feel as relaxed and the orgasm won't be as good when you're not present the orgasms are best when your partner's present Welcome to What I Love About Sex, where some incredible guests and I, Steph Kanowski, will be bringing you the tools for improving your sex life with topics such as sex issues with your partner, sexual self-confidence, premature ejaculation, sexual shame, masturbation, sharing your fetishes, orgasmic pleasure, and more. Sex is still so taboo, and I personally believe that by improving our understanding and communication skills around sex, we can enhance our own self-pleasure as well as deepening our long-term romantic relationships. So listen in, try to stay open-minded, and let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode on the What I Love About Sex podcast. Today I'm going to be answering some, not so much questions, but the other day on Instagram I put out a question box and I said, what part of your sex life are you trying to understand better? Um, I believe that was the question. Let's see, the exact question was, one part of your sex life you want to understand better? Um... So I got some really just various responses. The responses were all over the place. And I was like, you know what? This would make a good podcast um, episode so that I can dive in a little deeper than I would by answering them on Instagram. So I'm going to scroll through. I can't get to all of them because it would be like a four-hour podcast if I did. Um, So I'm going to pick ones that I know most of you guys are struggling with based on the commentary I get in my messages and through my clients, and we'll go from there, all right? So, the first one. How to give better guidance when she's giving a BJ. So, this is a great one because I feel like I'm always giving out the advice of give her direction, right? Give her guidance. Women want to feel the guidance. It's helpful for you. It's helpful for her. Um, You both tend to enjoy blowjobs more when you know what you're doing, right? It's like we all appreciate when we know what we're doing. It makes life easier. So how to give better guidance. It's hard to know what better is because I don't know what type of guidance you're giving first, but if you were to give pretty good solid guidance on a BJ, you want to think in terms of um, being very specific, So specificity is key when you're communicating. And if you can give her guidance in a way that has a soft tone, like you're encouraging her, but also being very specific slash direct, that will be the best way to go about it. So something like however you talk to her during sexy time, use that tonality, whether it's like, baby, I love when you use more of your tongue on the head. Oh yeah, that feels so good, right? Because chances are when you say, oh, I love this, or like she's doing it already, she's going to focus more on doing that. And she will do that more because it's so specific. I love when you use a lot of tongue around the head, around my head, wrap it around when you wrap your tongue around my head, right? Like that's something that's very specific. It's hard to confuse that. So 
it's direct, it's specific. It's not just randomly like, oh, that feels good. When she's doing, when she's using her hand and her mouth and she's looking at you, like she doesn't know what's feeling good out of all those things. So for you to be specific and point out a specific thing that makes you feel really good and that you really enjoy, she's going to be very clear around that and be like, oh, he likes when I use my tongue around the head of his dick. Cool. I know that makes him feel good. I'm going to feel more confident now giving head. He's going to appreciate the head more, more likely to have an orgasm. I'm more likely to enjoy it, right? It's kind of like that specificity helps everybody. So I would just think of it that way. And for you, since all you guys are going to be different in terms of what you desire and what feels good for you and your body, your partner is also going to be have a different approach. But I want you all to be specific and use a tonality that's encouraging all right so oh yeah baby that's great or like give her direction first or give her feedback i love when you when you jerk me off when you use your hand to jerk me off and you suck the head oh that's my favorite and then she starts doing it and you're like oh babe that's incredible keep going you know something like that so next question um why I like oral so much. I mean, you just do. That was the next, that was the next, uh, when I asked what part of your sex life do you want to understand better? And someone said, why I like oral so much. And um, I think there's a lot of us that feel like we have to get to the bottom of why we enjoy certain things when really, as long as it's not hurting anyone, it's not illegal, it's not dangerous just appreciate that about yourself you know whether it's unique or whether it's super common and you're just like why am I so like obsessed with this thing like people like it but they're not like obsessed like I am like just appreciate that about yourself and know that our bodies change as we age and we tend to really get into certain things down the road that maybe we never were into when we were younger and um and just i think that's a fun part of our sex life we're constantly evolving in that way as long as we look at sex as a place to evolve and there's a lot of us that feel like we're just stuck you know the same things feel good we get stuck in the same exact routine we do the same things we we never explore other areas of our body are going back to things that we used to do or things that we've never tried. So it's really important to keep exploring, keep expanding, keep trying new things while also doing things you know make you feel really good, right? So we want both of it. We want the we want a certain level of stability, and I did a podcast on this recently, right? We want the certain level of stability and um, comfort in somewhat of a routine so that we have that predictability of what feels good and our partner knows that but we also want the exploratory so that we know we're always growing we're always expanding we're always seeing where our body at is where our body is at in this stage of life all right next question um why am i never in the mood anymore all right, so this can be hormonal, this can be stress-induced, this can be trouble with your partner in terms of lack of communication or continuous arguing, feeling a distance romantically or intimacy-wise, and you got to find out what, maybe it's a body image issue, maybe there's a shame within yourself. So there are a lot of things that can lead to you not feeling in the mood right? Maybe you're, maybe you're fatigued, right? You're really tired for some reason. And that could be an immunity issue or a health thing going on. So I think it's good to 
ask yourself what it could potentially be out of those options and maybe even explore some more um, because I think it's very easy for most people to jump to, oh, I have to get my hormones checked and my body is off and it just sucks and I can't control it and I don't want to go on meds. So like, shit, this sucks, right? And you give up very easily, but it could be, a lot of it could be in your control. All right. And I know a big one for me was since I've had breast implant illness, um, I haven't been in the mood as much, like less than half that I, I usually am normally, right? So that was really frustrating for me at first. And at first I didn't know I had breast implant illness, but it's become more and more prevalent in the last eight months or so. So I'm at this point where I understand I'm not in the mood as much as I was, and I understand what's causing that. And I also understand that I just, I before had a more spontaneous desire where I was just always ready to go and now it's more I have to get warmed up and I have to explain to my partner Andrew what he has to do to help me warm up and get really in the mood so that I'm totally there but I am less likely more than ever in my life to think about sex and want it um, because of what my body is dealing with right now it's dealing with other things that it has to take care of and heal and sex is not the main priority for my body as a working thing. So I now have more compassion for myself in that way because I'm like, all right, my body's busy trying to heal me and trying to keep inflammation down and it's working on other shit. So I have to be more mindful and conscious of how I can get myself in the mood in not in a way that's just biologically like just there, but I have to be more intentional about it. And that's helped me a lot. Maybe it could help you. Um, I think it's also worth going to see a doctor to get your hormone levels checked. Um, But like I said, it could be a list of potential things. And if you can clarify what things it could be and start working on those areas of your life, you could improve this. Um, So yeah. All right. Next question. Um, one part of your sex life you want to understand better. Someone said, if I do the thumbing her butthole while in doggy style, does it eventually get me in? All right. So interesting question. (laughs) Um, physically it might open her up a little bit more. Um, but you don't want to make assumptions. You don't want to guess, especially when it comes to anal not a place to play guessing games. You want to know that she's ready and you want her to know that you're using that as a way to to potentially get in the door, the back door. (laughs) Um, So communication is key here, right? Like for you to maybe like, like if you've been at the point of thumbing her her asshole and like you haven't had actual anal yet um, in terms of penetration via your dick, I would ask her, hey, how does it feel when I put my thumb in? Does that feel good for you? And if she's like, eh, not really, then maybe you can say, well, what if I used a lot of lube next time? Should we should we try a lot of lube and see if like I go maybe slower or something and we can see if it works, if it feels better? Then she might be more open to be like, okay, yeah, like we could try that. And that's a really great place to start because if you can make sure that that feels really good for her, and you ask her questions to make sure it feels as good as possible, then she's much more likely to be at the point where it's she's so turned on by it because she feels safe with you. She knows you're not gonna sh- just going to shove your dick in, that you're only exploring with your thumb. 
she's going to feel much more likely to be highly aroused, to to invite more exploration in that area. It's going to feel better for her because she is willing, she feels safe with you, She's she knows you're exploring a new area a little more in depth, and she's going to stay more aroused, which is going to actually want her to penetrate you more in ways that are more advanced, so to speak. So um, you're more likely to have to start having anal sex if you explore the step ones. And this step one with the thumb is something you want to expand upon. So I would say take that a step further in terms of verbally communicating how that can feel great for her. In fact, amazing for her. And if you do it amazing, like if you get, and I'm not saying this is up to you. This is up to you asking her the right questions. If she gives you the right answers of how you can make that incredibly arousing experience, she will be at the point of like, ordering you to shove your dick in her like she will be like oh my god fuck my ass now (laughs) she will be so into it okay but the only way to get that her craving it is to really perfect that first step in my opinion and as a woman having a lot of experience here that's what i would say you should do um all right next question next question um or next answer i should say (laughs) this is i asked this so weird okay one part of your sex life you want to understand better the next guy said why i can't ejaculate while receiving oral all right so it's not that you can't there's a lot of guys there are plenty of guys out there who have more trouble getting to the point to ejaculating during oral because there's not enough stimulation they're not giving clear enough direction um they're just not used to it so there's some kind of mental block there where it doesn't really make sense to the body to let go in that way at that time um maybe in the past you had a partner who didn't want you to come in their mouth so you just um didn't want to go there and you like shut down because you felt some shame or guilt or whatever so just like everything else there could be multiple reasons why you feel like you're having trouble here but it's not that you can't and i would say that you should um, get to the point if you have a willing enough partner the best way to handle this is to get to the point where you can masturbate as close as possible to ejaculation and then when you're almost there enter your partner's mouth and let her finish you off Um, and even if even if you let her suck you off and then you pull out and then ejaculate elsewhere that that being inside of her mouth at the point where you're so close to the point of no return is what you want to start training your body to be comfortable with so i would say that you know the first thing it's important you don't tell yourself you can't because you can you're just having a little trouble here it's just taking you a little longer you're feeling challenged for whatever reason um second try to figure out the reason um it's not super important but try to figure out oh okay it makes sense because my last partner wouldn't let me do this or i've always felt bad about this you know simply understanding what might be holding you back can really help propel you forward um a lot faster than you think it's a lot more powerful than you think to have understanding and um and then yeah and then use the method where you train your body to get really pretty close allow her to give you oral and then either ejaculate in her mouth or um or do it outside if she doesn't want you to so yeah next 
next one um one part of your sex life you want to understand better the next guy said um secrecy and lack of openness on the subject so i mean this has to do with you and your partner or partners right so if there is a secret secrecy around you if you have parts of your sex life that you have a hard time talking about then it might be good to talk to someone like me who's a sex coach to talk to a therapist to talk with friends um just to start talking about it is seriously powerful because when words start escaping your mouth around something you don't usually talk about the body's like whoa what whoa this is okay holy shit and then like and then you get used to it you know this sounds a little nerdy but i used to walk around my room and talk to myself out loud about things that i was feeling insecure about and i would talk out loud as if i was um explaining these things to a friend or to a therapist And it was just therapeutic, just talking out loud and saying things I normally wouldn't say because I normally don't talk about them. Um, And it was really helpful. Like it felt really good and it made me feel confident to start talking about it with actual people. Um, I've also done this for relationships. If If there was a conflict in a relationship, I would talk out loud how I wanted to come across my tone, my assertiveness, my confidence, and what I wanted to say. And it was this way for me to practice what I was sharing with my partner um, in terms of handling this conflict. So so although it may feel weird if you've never done it, it could be really helpful for you to start speaking out on the things that you hold back. And I mean, the secrecy and lack of openness overall, if you're asking in a general sense, it's really just what our society has taught us to do, right? Is to suppress this part of us. And because of that, so many people don't know how to communicate around it and there's not enough directness and people are confused when they have conversations about it with their partner and confusion in 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 a uh relationship romantic relationship dynamic is not the safest thing because if you're confused in with someone you love or you expect to love you or care for you on a deep level in a very vulnerable way confusion makes things so much worse it causes so much emotional heartache and turmoil and it just it could put you in this anxious cycle of thinking so it's really really important for you to get comfortable talking about this topic of sex right that's why i have this podcast i want you guys to listen to me talk about it so that i start normalizing these types of conversations examples that I give you and these topics just become like oh okay like this is what people are doing like everyone's struggling with this or you know Steph struggles with this too oh shit you know so um so yeah hopefully that helps you there all right next one one part of your sex life you want to understand better someone said the ability to actually have a sex life lol that's non-existent for me all right. So once again, understanding is key, right? Like why it's, it's not that it's, you're not capable of having a sex life. It's not that you can't have a sex life. It's that something in your life, you're, you're choosing to go down a road that leads to a non-existent sex life. 
So what road are you choosing to go down? In terms of your behaviors, your, your weekly schedule, um, who you surround yourself with, how you feel about yourself confidence-wise, how, um, how attractive you feel about yourself, your body image, um, your fitness. Like, if you're not working on these things and understanding, oh, like, okay, what is the path I'm on now that's leading to no sex? And what, what is the path that I think is going to actually lead to sex? And then find the gap in between. What are you missing? What are you not prioritizing? What are you choosing not to do? Because we have to remember we have choices here, right? We have a choice to live life a certain way. And when you feel like a victim and you feel like I can't do it or it's not for me, you just, you take on this sense of hopelessness and you stop trying and you stop putting yourself out there and it's not helpful for you because you just stay on the same road and you feel miserable and you feel upset and victimhood gets you nowhere. Like I was, I was talking to my mom a lot this weekend. I'm visiting my parents and I was just telling her, I feel like the whole self-love movement isn't going in the best direction. It's not going in the worst direction, but it's not going in the best direction. Cause I, I just see so many people like, um, like, and I, and this is tough because I don't want to, I understand that depression is extremely hard and I don't want to, um, I don't want anyone to think I'm viewing that lightly, things like that. Um, but just in general, to have that way of talking where it's like, you're if you're trying, that's enough. And just love yourself. You don't have to live. You don't have to have the cars. You don't have to have this. Just be okay with who you are. You're doing great. Like, if people want things, and maybe that was the shittiest example. I can't I can't think right now. But basically what I was sharing with my mom is like there's too much like allowing people to dwell in their trauma and like feel sorry for them and be like, it's okay, you've been through a lot. Like, don't be hard on yourself. But okay, like someone being a random meme, being compassionate to you about being a victim is still not getting you what you want. It's still not putting you on the path you want to be on. And what I was telling her is like, there's so much of the world that's like just on this path of victimhood and feeling sorry for themselves and now getting like recognition and acceptance for being victims and feeling sorry. But that doesn't make anyone really happy because it doesn't allow, it doesn't help them take action. And what I was saying was like, I think we're all, we're all in need of more self-accountability and taking action and telling ourselves that we can do hard things and we will, and we will choose to go on the path that we want in life to get the things we want in life. Because if you want the nice cars, like get on a path to getting them. You know what I mean? It doesn't like, no matter what you, if you want to live in the woods for the rest of your life, like change, make a choice to get there. And know that you have choices, right? You have options. And maybe you don't have, you know, all the choices in the world because maybe you have other responsibilities where you can't just pick up and decide to do whatever you want to do at that time. But still lay out a roadmap for yourself so that you are getting what you want, the closest thing to it. And know that you will get what you want eventually, right? Like we have to start taking action and not just sitting in the oh yeah, there's other people like me too and it's hard. Like, yeah, it is. But look at all the people in history who have who have had horrible like childhoods and upbringings and they made amazing, they've done amazing things for the world and for themselves, right? If they can do that, so can we, so can you. So 
I know I went on a tangent there, but <laughs> when it comes to all you guys feeling like, oh, I just like don't have a sex life, it's just not there, then do something about it. Take a different action. There are actions you're not taking, and that's why it's not leading you to a sex life that's active, right? So get your control back. You're not a victim. You get to choose, and you get to get on a new path. So do it. Cool. Next one. What part of your sex life do you want to understand better? How to make time for it. I'm turning into a demon wanting it, but I can't ever get time to have it. Okay, so this this is, uh, you know, based on what I just said in response to the last guy, right? You have a choice. You, ha- you get to prioritize. Um, and if it's important enough for you, and if it's a priority in your life, you will make time for it. And what I, what I see a lot of people do with sex is they assume that it takes so much more time and dedication than it actually does. Whether that's um, talking to people to build connections to get to the point of having a relationship where you can have sex with someone, but especially sex itself. Like people think they have to put aside so much time to have a great sex experience when really if you had more experiences with your partner where it was like, two minutes of teasing and then you walk away like that's gonna be encompassed in your sex life you're gonna start feeling really good because not only is that a foreplay a a method of foreplay but it's also you feeling desire and intimacy even within two minutes you're feeling that it's in your body it feels good So it's making you feel fulfilled in a sense. And it's also setting you up for the next time you have sex because it's a method of foreplay, right? It's like building on your arousal. And by the time you do have sex, it doesn't have to take as long because you're building those moments of connection. So whether it's flirting with someone you're having sex casually with over text and just sending little sexy messages here and there and then getting to the point where it's just you have sex and it doesn't take so much time. Um, or when it does come time to have sex and maybe you and your partner are in some sort of routine, just knowing that you don't have to orgasm every time either. So if you feel like you're put, and there are a lot of couples that put sex aside and say, oh, not tonight, because they know in the back of their head, they're both not going to have time to come. And I think that's so sad because there are so many different types of sex guys and not all of them end with orgasm. Right? Because sometimes when we, even when we have the time, it doesn't happen every 100% of the time. Or if it does, sometimes it's like a hiccup orgasm or it's not the greatest one, right? We're not going to like knock it out of the park 100% of the time. We're just not. And that's totally fine. And it doesn't mean that one experience is even worse than the other because I've told clients, like, I've had experiences where I didn't orgasm, but I can think of that experience as one of my best sex moments ever. And it was like a time when I didn't even come. And it just goes to show that that's not 100% needed. Is it important that we try to do that for each other as partners? Yeah. Is it also important that if we know we don't have to get there, we don't want to get there that night, we can tell our partner? Yeah. Um, And this is important too, because I... I have plenty of times, especially recently when my body's going through a lot of shit with Andrew, where I'll be like, I just give him head and that's all I want to do. It really is because it it gets, and most of the time it makes me really horny and then I get off right after. But even when it doesn't, like, and 
even if it does and I don't want to get off, like, I love that he respects that. Like, I love that he doesn't push it because I've had partners in the past that would actually push that. Otherwise, they didn't feel like great about themselves and they made a part, they made it about them. And I like that Andrew can make it about me in that sense because he knows what I want and he knows how I act and not even how I act, but I'll be direct and I'll say, like, I just want to do this for you. I really do. I just want to do this for you. Um, and if I do it for him and I walk away right away and I'm happy and I'm making jokes, like he gets it. He gets that like, okay, she just wanted to do this. So, um, going on a tangent again, but (laughs) I think that, uh, it's, it's important for you to realize, Hey, like sex can be any type of sex that I want. And I don't have to have the same type of sex with the same routine that leads to the same kind of orgasm every single time. So forget about, um, forget about making it have to be a certain time and have to be a certain way. Make it about connecting with your partner and feeling pleasure and having some fun, whether that's two minutes or 30 or an hour and a half, whatever it may be. All right. All right. Next one. Um, this is an interesting one. I like it. Uh, okay. So question is what part of your sex life do you want to understand better? And this guy said, what actually feels good versus what I think I have been conditioned to think feels good. Oh shit. That's a good question. Uh, or that's a good response. So, uh, this is great. And this has to do with a lack of, um, that has to do with seeing sex a certain way and having a certain definition of it and a certain definition of what great sex has to be excuse me, the prime example being that what I just explained, which is people think you can't have great sex experience unless both people have orgasmed. Um, and because of that, we, we, we are hyper-focused on the orgasm as a society, right? And then if that, um, if we're just, su- especially men, and if men are, fo- think about it guys, if you're focused on her orgasm the entire time, then you're not really present. You're not really there and it shows and she feels it and it's not as fun and it's not as sexy and she can't feel as relaxed and the orgasm won't be as good when you're not present. The orgasms are best when your partner's present. Um, So in order to know what actually feels good and what you've been conditioned to feel good is first lay out a bullet point list of what you've been conditioned to feel good. What are those things? What does that list sound like? Then ask yourself, make another list of things you've wanted to explore or heard about. Um, Maybe you heard that certain things felt really good for other people and you're like, holy shit, I don't know if I'd ever try that or I want to try that. I don't even know how to start Um, and write that bullet point list. And I would start by exploring that list with your partner. The one where you're like, you're just curious because the only way what you're going to know actually feels good is by trying it, right? And even taking the things that you've been conditioned to feel good and switching them up a little bit because we all fall into these routines and we get used to having sex the same way and there can be, you could switch it up in the smallest bit and find so much more pleasure in it. And it's really fun. It's interesting. Like even, even missionary position, like having 
angling a little higher, if you're a little higher up on her body during missionary, it's a different feeling for her. Like, it's crazy. It's like the tiniest little angle switch can change the experience, right? Or maybe when she, when she gives you head, she never looks at you. But when she starts looking at you, it changes the whole experience and makes it so much more pleasurable, right? The tiniest switch. Um, maybe when you eat her out, you start spitting on her and you never did that. And it just adds so much more lubrication. She likes the noise. It just, it feels so much better for her. She, she's so much more into it. So now you are, and it's one simple act that you just switched up the experience and it brought much more pleasure. So I think it's important to have conversations with your partner to see like, hey, what have you wanted to explore? Here are things I'm thinking about and and try to take the things you've been already doing consistently and like, how can I change this up in the slightest way? What would that look like or feel like? All right, next one. Oh my god, I literally just sang Elmo's World. That was weird. <laughs> I was trying to do some waiting music for you as I'm scrolling, trying to find a good one. <laughs> uh, my god, Andrew will hum the most random songs. Like, Here Comes the Bride. He'll randomly be like humming it. And then he'll hum like, <laughs> he'll be humming Jingle Bells. And then he'll hum Mozart. I'm like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> like, where are these songs coming from? It's so funny. Okay. Next one. So one part of your sex life you want to understand better. All right. How to get my partner comfortable, comfortable to make her orgasm more. I love this one. And this has to do with you talking to her about it. You guys have to get more comfortable with asking her questions and not thinking you have to know the answers automatically. Because you won't. Because every woman is just too damn different. Just as every guy is too damn different. If I assume that Andrew was the same as my last partner, he would not enjoy our sex. Because it was very different. Um... So just if I were to make that assumption, I couldn't imagine how less sex we would have because I'd be doing something that he's not fully enjoying. And if he's not open as a partner and he's not sharing that he's not fully enjoying, then we would both just be in this shitty routine, end up having less and less sex, then it's not prioritized, then it's awkward, then we're having these weird conversations. Like, see how it turns into that? And... And it's, it's so just as me being a woman, being curious about my man and how he's different, I ask questions. I ask him like, what turns you, what turns you on most? What do I do that you love most? Do you like when I do this? Does this make you blah, blah, blah. Like we just, I ask him things and he asks me things. So there's never an assumption that we just knew from the very start. And we still ask questions, even having sex about, you know, two years later. Um, still asking questions. So I would say you have to ask her how she feels the most comfortable in a sexual environment. Like, how do you, like, what makes you feel most relaxed for you to be super horny or super turned on? Like, what should we, what should we do? Like, what would I have to do to create the most relaxing environment for you to feel just completely relaxed and aroused? And see what she says. 
Um, you can even give her examples if she says, I don't know, but give her time to think, give her time to answer you. If she really has no clue and she's not giving you anything, you can ask her like, what about a massage first with oil? What if we watched a movie together and cuddled for like at least a half hour first? Um, what if we did it after a date night when we felt really close to each other? What if, um, what if I lit candles? What if I played this music? What if we use this toy? Um, and then you can kind of help her think through things, but there's no way to, I don't know the answer to how to get your partner comfortable. Your partner knows the answer because she's different from me and what makes me feel comfortable will not be the same for her. So you have to ask her, feel good about asking, ask confidently. And that way she will answer more confidently and she will trust that you're asking this question for a reason. I think a lot of guys, even when they ask, they come across sheepish. And then the woman's like, like, you should know, right? Like the only reason why women say you should know that is because a guy comes across all timid and shy and weird about the question. Like be confident guys. There's no reason why you shouldn't be confident asking this question because you shouldn't know the answer. So, and you know that the answer is important and you know she's the only one who could give you the answer. So be confident in knowing that. I'm going to the direct source to get an answer I need to get. I'm as confident as fuck asking it because I know this is the only way to get it. <laughs> you know, Like think about it that way. Like get some power behind that. Um, because if you ask a woman like, hey babe, I know women are all, I'm sorry I never mentioned this to you before. And I know women are all different, right? So I want to know how to, help you relax most and if you were to give me like the three ways you relax best what would they be right like that's a very confident direct question and she'll respect that women respect guys who are who respect them show that they give a fuck about their pleasure and are confident all right next yeah there's a lot of questions like why do i receive getting head more now nowadays and it's what i said before like we we change right our bodies change uh what we want changes our partners change you might you might like certain things because your partner's more open to it or they're better at it because they communicated more clearly with you about it (laughs) so partners make a huge difference i know that and i did a youtube video on this but like i um I used to not enjoy giving head, but with Andrew, I absolutely love it. It's it's super fun. It's sexy. turns me on. Um, and it's because of him, right? Like, it's not like there were times... And then there were partners before that I, I, I enjoyed it too. But there were definitely partners where I hated it. So it's, it's very... And it has nothing to do with their dicks. Um, pretty much most of the guys I've dated had around the same size dick. So that was never like... A thing um eh, that's not entirely true but it was it was definitely not about their size it was about their personality how they approached me sexually um how our sexual relationship was right it wasn't all about them it was also me and how i engaged with them sexually so it, communication is key um okay one part of your sex life you want to understand better Next guy says, when to go deeper. Okay, this is a good one. When to go deeper. Deeper usually works best when she's very aroused. And you want to know 
um, by you either know this by communicating with her during sex um, or you have a conversation with her after and you have a conversation with her after regardless because you want to know um, hey babe just so you know if I'm ever going too deep you know just like tap me tap my hand from you know if you're doing her from behind and she reaches her hand and like taps you gives you a tap that means it's too deep you know you can come up with these code pico stop peaky pico scratching the rug stop that honey you can come up with code words that um this way you don't have to like if you don't want to verbalize during sex um you don't want to like some people are afraid of getting out of the moment um or you can literally say it like like sometimes i'll say like oh babe not so deep and then we just like continue like it's like it's not like a huge deal it doesn't break us out of the moment all right and like the tonality if it's soft and it matches the tonality of the the experience then it's just like fine it's like whatever we're just communicating something um no need to get weird about it it's just you're sharing something you're giving someone a direction or feedback but i would say that to come up with some kind of code during sex um so that you never have to worry about it and she doesn't have to feel weird telling you um or you know she can tell you in the moment i would say that's really best and then sometimes there may be a time where she's like oh i always can handle deep in this position but this one not so much right and then it's good to know that because maybe that one the one you don't have to worry about then but the other one you need some type of way of communicating around it to make sure because i will tell you most women will just take it and they'll let you go deep and it's kind of painful and they just bear it so it's always better and will always keep them more wet and aroused if they're able to communicate and opening that door up to them for communication is going to be really really helpful for the two of you all right, going to do a couple more. One part of your sex life you want to understand better. Oh, there's so many good ones here. Ah. How to lay back and receive pleasure and not feel bad for it. So this is a guilt thing you want to work through with yourself. Your partner can't help you here. Um, just laying back and accepting it or like receiving pleasure is not going to help you here because there's some kind of mental block. There's a mental block around guilt and you want to understand why you're feeling guilty for receiving pleasure. Why you feel like you don't deserve to feel good. Either by that partner or in general or just sexually. Um, and I think understanding and getting a little clearer on that will be really helpful. So this is something, this is a good thing to journal about. Talk to a therapist or sex coach about. Um, but I really think that if you were to journal around what makes me feel bad about feeling good. Right? Or um, however, whatever words resonate best to you, that's how you want to ask the question. So something like, um, you know, why, what do I feel most guilty about in terms of receiving pleasure? Because maybe it's certain things that make you feel the most guilt. And then asking yourself, what would have to change for me to no longer feel guilt there? Um, or guilty for receiving that. What would I have to talk to my partner about? What would I have to remind myself consistently of? Um, what part of my body do I have to come to peace with? Um, 
there, you know, there, there could be a lot to this, but I'm trying to just give you some journal prompts to get you going so that you bring more awareness. And I would say the final section of this journal prompt would be um, if I was fully receiving pleasure and like, how do I want to feel? Sorry, the first part of this third piece is how do I want to feel receiving pleasure? And if I felt that way, what would I accept? And what would it look like? Right, so that was a bunch of questions. Rewind this, write those all down, and answer them. And really spend a good like hour or two even to brainstorming this and really thinking about it. Try to understand it and try to see both sides. The side where you're at now in the guilt and the other side where it's not guilt, it's whatever you want it to feel like, and what that can look like and what it would entail. What would be different? Because sometimes we get so consumed with the current reality, right? The current situation. And that's all we see. And because it's all we see and it's all we've experienced, it's all we see in our future. And it's all we think is possible. And we have to be able to see the other side. And in order to see the other side, you have to know like, okay, what would that look like? And what's the word to describe it? If it's not guilty, is it fun? Is it enjoyable? Is it pleasurable? Is it sexy? Is it free? Like, what is the word? And how can you create a picture, a visualization around that word? And start visualizing. After you do this journal work, start visualizing that result that you want. Super powerful. I think that's your best place to start. Okay, sorry if you hear my mom screaming in the background. I'm trying to talk over her. The problems of recording when you're at your parents' house. Okay, let's do one more. And there are so many more, guys. Uh, These are good. I either have to make YouTube videos out of them or something because these are great. All right, let's see. Um, Okay, one part of your sex life you want to understand better. Is my self-pleasure routine, which involves slow, controlled motions, contributing to premature ejaculation? Um, No. I would say no, because slowing down is often what helps with premature ejaculation. I would say that you want to... um, Something I encourage men to do in order to feel more control over their dicks during sex sexually whether it's solo or with their partner is to try different types and different types meaning um different styles of masturbating and different positions and speeds with a partner so um if you can try different positions while masturbating if you can try going faster while masturbating um tighter looser lube i encourage lube the majority of the time um, then it's, it's a good way to allow you to handle different forms and get familiar, get your body familiar with different forms of pleasure so that you can control them. And I would say in your case, it might more so be anxiety that's coming with a partner. A lot of guys have anxiety that comes with a first partner and that's where they experience PE and then they don't experience it anymore. But some guys always experience PE and it could have to do with an anxiety around that relationship. If there's any sense of wanting to get away 
um, because there's some anxiousness or some tension with that person, then your body will physiologically follow that, uh, that tension, cycle, that psychological tension, right? So you, I would say to mix up your masturbation routine. And I would also say to, to also question yourself around either the types of partners you're having sex with or the one partner that you've been having sex with and ask yourself if there's any tension or anxiety or any need to move the sex on, get it over with, move past it with this person. And if you were to fully embrace your sex experience with this person, what would that look like and what would that mean to you? Once again, getting familiar with that ideal circumstance. All right. Um, another guy's response is her satisfaction and pleasure, in which case I would just remind you guys that the only way you're going to know about her satisfaction and pleasure is to ask her. That's it. There are a lot of things that are like, learn her body by how she moves and how wet she is. But like, women squirm all the time and fake it. Women fake their orgasms and are really good at faking orgasms vocally. Women are wet when they're not turned on. They're dry when they are turned on. There's no way to fully depict if she's like, I mean, her pussy will pulsate after she's orgasmed, right? But you have to be inside of her to actually feel that. So that's even hard to tell. Um, So I would say that you need to talk. You need to communicate. You need to get comfortable talking about sex, even that, even if that means starting talking out loud in your room to yourself with nobody else there. That is what I did to conquer many problems and understand things further in my life. And you could do it too. And nobody has to know. Nobody has to know what a fucking weirdo you are that you're doing that. <laughs> no, I honestly don't think it's weird. I think it's, um, obviously, I use it all the time. Um, I think it's a very effective way to get comfortable with something and not have to approach an actual person with it yet you get to practice it so you you got to get used to practicing asking your woman direct questions about her pleasure and her satisfaction and what that looks like and and asking questions asking good questions being a good communicate being a good communicator (laughs) is a skill guys it's not something that comes naturally either because if you're not used to it you may be like oh what do you like what satisfies you? And she's like, I don't know. And you're like, okay. And then you walk away. (laughs) Like that's obviously not real communication. It's not effective. It's not getting you an answer. You're not confident. You're getting intimidated and then walking away. You're most likely not going to do it again, right? So building the skill of communicating effectively to get answers has to do with a certain level of confidence. It has to do with the way you ask questions, the tonality you use when you ask questions, the body language you give off when you're talking to her about a vulnerable topic, right? Like it takes some time to perfect and really get good at, but once you're good at it, it is so worth it because you get all the answers you fucking need. And that's most important for her and for you and for your sex life as a whole. So um, definitely don't give up on practicing this. And if you're at level one, cool, amazing. You're at level one. Most guys are not even at level one when it comes to sex communication. So don't feel intimidated by the fact that like, fuck, I'm like, I suck at this. I really do sound like what Steph just said. Like, are you satisfied? But at least you're asking. So you're a level up from the majority of guys out there. 
all right? And that's how you have to think of it. Level one. Level two maybe is asking more questions even though she keeps saying, I don't know. You know, you're not giving up. That's a good level two. Level three is you're getting answers and you're starting to feel more confident as you ask them. You don't feel that anxiety or that uncertainty when you approach her with this next question, right? Level four is you guys are able to go back and forth and have... uh, have conversations consistently and there's no shame in it there's no embarrassment there's no anxiety you feel very confident you're both you're you're open you don't both have to be open but you are open you're feeling great about having these conversations they're flowing naturally out of your mouth you're getting all the answers you need you know how to like walk away from a partner who's not giving you answers you know how to handle tough situations around a partner not wanting to give you answers um So anyway, I'm making up all these levels as I go. (laughs) Maybe I should make a podcast about these levels I just made up, but you know what I mean? So don't get, don't, uh, don't feel, uh, disgruntled. I guess I'll use that word of starting at level one because you're still above, you're still ahead of the game doing that. All right. All right, guys. So I'm going to stop here. Um, my throat is hurting for some reason and, um, I hope this is helpful. There are so many more and I definitely want to do something with these. I, I might just make posts or YouTube videos about them or do a, a uh, if, if it's in high demand, <laughs> I'll do a part two if you guys reach out to me and let me know you want to hear a part two with this one. But, um, but yeah, I hope that helps you. Don't forget to check out my sex meditations that came out last month. I will be adding eight more meditations this month since it is a subscription. So at this point, if you join, um, within about a week, week and a half, you will have 16 meditations to help you out. All the topics are different. They are in a style of reprogramming your mind to have better sex, to understand yourself better. It's basically the answers I'm giving you here in a meditative format so that you can rewire your brain to learn this stuff, take it in, and become more skilled in your sex life, handling your dick problems, being a better communicator with your partner, and having more sex in general. So definitely check that out, Sex Meditation subscription, and that is in the description below in this podcast. And that's it, guys. Have an amazing morning, evening, or night, wherever you are in the world. And I'll talk to you soon. I hope this episode helped you. If it did, I would love for you to leave me an iTunes review. It would mean the world to me. You can also screenshot your favorite episodes and tag me on Instagram at Steph Kanowski. And before I go, remember, your sex life is as good as you make it out to be. Until next time.